podcast 62 in our series, You Should Have Been There, with me, Simon Calder. And me, Mick Webb. Stand clear of the doors, mind your head. Stand clear. Well, we're on the road again. Well, we're not, but Simon certainly is. So in honour of the epic journey, which we're just about to hear more about, we're going to postpone uh, trips that never were until next week. Um, I can um, exclusively reveal that I have celebrated this uh, first day of the cautious unlocking of life um, by going to a garden centre. And I must say, uh, I wished I hadn't. Uh, the queues <laughs> to park, to pay, um, to pick the right geraniums were um, extremely long and annoying. And I've got to say, it cost nearly as much as my visit to the dentist, which I think is the only other thing I've paid for outside the home in the last uh, the last six months. I hope it was a bit more fun than the dentist anyway. It's going to be fun planting the things, I suppose. Um, um, but uh, let's get on to um, what I think we can only call uh, a small step for you, but possibly a great step for... Um, can we say mankind anymore for humanity? It was a small step, a giant leap and any other cliche you wish to apply to it, Mick. Um, this was really significant because you know that on the 29th of March, um, a lot was made easier in our lives. Um, you had, for example, of course, we can now go and sit in your garden, um, two households up to six people. But crucially, the stay at home rule was lifted. That means it is no longer illegal within England to travel anywhere you want to, as long as you um, basically um, do a Cinderella and make sure that you're, or don't do a Cinderella, and make sure you are home by midnight, because there's no staying overnight anywhere. But um, it does mean that proper long distance travel for people who are not traveling because of work, because of education or childcare issues or whatever, and people who just want to go somewhere and see people um, can legally do that. And uh, well, you did that and very cleverly, uh, you managed to spend the night which you weren't legally allowed to spend in accommodation uh, on the bus. Close to midnight and I am beneath the fluorescent glare of Chalton Street bus station in the heart of Manchester. Not a place I normally frequent this sort of time on a Sunday night, but it's almost Monday, the 29th of March, which means that at last the no-go order, the stay-at-home rule, the thing which has meant that none of us could do any leisure travel, um, is actually lifted. And at one minute past midnight, the bus behind me shiny brand new national express coach is going to be setting off for london i bought my ticket and i'm not going to be alone on the bus it's actually sold out and one of my fellow passengers is would you believe a stand-up comedian and he's standing up right next to me <laughs> sam serrano sam nice to talk to you nice to meet you too Hello. how are you feeling i'm uh, very excited yeah i never thought i'd get an adrenaline rush from seeing a coach but I have done. Just that excited to get on it. Um, what's the purpose of your journey? I know that these days, thankfully, you don't have to have an essential reason. Where yeah. are you going? Um, I'm going to Bournemouth to see my girlfriend who I've not seen for about four months. 
Oh, my goodness. So the first possible opportunity, this is taking you far as London. Are you getting yeah. another bus from there? Yep, I'm going London and then waiting a few hours and then heading on a bus to Poole. Right, crikey. It's a long old journey tonight, six hours, 20 minutes. How are you going to yes. post time? Um, I've downloaded so much stuff on Netflix and Spotify, but I'll probably just fall asleep within the first 10 minutes. That's usually what happens. Well, as you can tell, a bit of a party atmosphere. Yeah, um, I can't wait to get on board and see what happens <laughs> to us, and I look forward to talking to you maybe at the other end. Perfect, look forward to it. I like what Sam Serrano said about uh, never having had an adrenaline rush from looking at a coach before. <laughs> and, uh, um, but I think you missed a trick. You should have commended our podcast to him. Um, and uh, uh, maybe it would have kept him awake all the way to uh, Victoria Coach Station, or maybe it would have sent him to sleep. Who knows? We will never know. I try to find Sam um, actually at the end of the journey, which is um, some distance away, uh, but he had melted away. Um, I wanted to find out if he'd got any um, decent material out of it for his uh, routine. But um, we will, I guess we can buy tickets. And if there's an, uh, a, a sequence about overnight coaches, I'll know where he got that from. <laughs> Did I hear correctly that the coach was actually sold out? It was in one strict means manner, um, and that is that these coaches generally hold 55 people. Um, however, National Express says we are going to initially, and I suspect this will actually only be happening for kind of two or three months. Initially, they're saying we are only going to sell half the seats on the bus, so everyone go and sit in a window seat and therefore, we know you will be socially distanced from other people. But if you do that and you're only selling, say, 25 or 27 uh, tickets for a bus, then, well, it's clearly easier to sell out. But it was completely sold out um, a, a couple of days in advance. And bearing in mind that we're at a time when everybody is booking fantastically late, uh, that's quite a surprise. Um, I mean, uh, what, but so who were your fellow travellers? Were they all stand-up comedians, do you think? No, and, and other people, um, a couple of uh, students returning to Portsmouth uh, via London, um, a lady who needed to get to the Latvian embassy because there was some paperwork formalities that she had to uh, complete. And everyone had a reason. There was a lady going to um, a clinic for dental treatment oh, um, no. <laughs> that actually would have would have um uh, kind of quite happily um uh, qualified her to go at any time um so yeah a mix of people and i don't know the last time you traveled on a, a national express coach but um all very calm all very nice people all very professional well, the answer is I really can't remember, but I do have another question, which was over the um, the length of the journey. Now, six hours, 20 <laughs> minutes seems rather a long time to get from uh, uh, Manchester to London. And uh, it did occur to me that maybe you were on a stagecoach rather than a, a, um, an express um, motor coach. Uh, yes, it, um, if, you, if you look at the actual distance, um, it's 160 miles as the unconstrained, unencumbered crow flies. Um, it actually took slightly more than it was supposed to because of well, operational difficulties, I guess. Um, and so I got in at um, 
after well half past six in the morning um after six and a half hours of uh of, of being on the road and that works out um i calculated at um well really quite a lot less than um uh you might think 20 it's below 25 miles an hour on average um now coaches anyway are kind of limited to 60 miles an hour compared with trains which can do twice that but even so it was pretty slow and uh i've been on megabus services which are the, the rival to national express and they just start off in london or manchester and they go to manchester or london there is no messing about along the way you must have stopped a few times yes we must have stopped i guess 10 or 12 times can you guess where uh where you started in the south of manchester and you were going to london uh, i'm I imagine you stopped at Birmingham. Um, but to be honest, after that, I'm a bit baffled. How about um, Stoke? No, um, but but a good try. We, it was one of the few cities in that part of the world we didn't seem to go to. So uh, uh, we started off with a quick pause in uh, Manchester Airport. Nobody got on, nobody got off. Um, then it was heading south. But um, you've, you're familiar with the motorway network of the UK. Well, National Express seems to pride itself on spending as little time as possible on it. So we'd barely got onto the M6 before we turned off to follow ah. the old A449 down to Wolverhampton. And then we went on to Dudley, of all places, halfway between Wolverhampton and Birmingham. Um, you didn't stop Birmingham at Redditch, itself. did you? No, we again one of the few ah, places we didn't. Just but I we worked did there once. In, Sorry, <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, well, I, I I I can imagine that you've worked in maybe even more more exciting places than that. Um, we went to Birmingham Airport, went to Coventry, where I actually studied for three years, <laughs> and gosh, oh, they go on and on. That is a very exciting journey. Um, particularly at night, I imagine. But anyway, before we get some more of your actual in-coach uh, entertainment, uh, I would like to uh, play a message uh, from uh, Mick, another Mick, that is, um, which was left on uh, anchor.fm uh, slash you should have been there um, in response to our request for people's trips that never were journeys that weren't taken um, because of the uh, because of the lockdown uh, and other COVID related matters. So here we are. Here's Mick. Hoi Mick and Soyman, love the podcast. Uh, you asked about trips we had to cancel last year, trips that never were. Uh, I had a big trip planned for Central Asia, uh, Uzbekistan, Kyrgyzstan, Kazakhstan, etc. So unfortunately, that had to be cancelled, but I hope so, not in the not too distant future to finally make it out there. However, I managed to explore a bit more in my backyard. Well, we'll be hearing later on in the programme where Mick found in his backyard. And of course, if you want to send us a message, it's very easy. Just go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there and you can see the messaging facility very easily and just a reminder that next week we're going to be talking about those journeys that we haven't taken trips that never were i can't resist saying um let's go back to that trip that actually was uh simon uh on his way 
from Manchester to London, the slow way. Just before 3am and this is the kind of point at which you might lose the will to travel. We have been meandering through the pre-motorway age for about the last hour and a half. Currently approaching the galactic headquarters of National Express, having really seen a succession of villages in Staffordshire, called in at Wolverhampton bus station just over an hour ago, and the highlight there, I'm sorry to say, was a party of six people who thought they were booked on this bus, but it turned out that they weren't. So they were turned away, although the driver did call the head office just to let them know that there was a party of six people stranded there in the middle of the night. Now, I guess I've seen in the past three hours more of the country than I have done in the past three months. Having said that... It hasn't been the most joyously scenic. It's hardly something with the romance of Route 66 or the excitement of a yellow school bus through the Pan American Highway in Central America. I was very much hoping to get off and stretch my legs, but the uh, shenanigans at Wolverhampton meant that we were running 25 minutes late, and so I couldn't. (laughs) It's always quite an interesting and sometimes fraught moment, particularly when you are travelling on a long-distance bus abroad and maybe haven't got a sort of full handle on the language um, as to what happens when you stop somewhere and how long you're likely to be able to um, get off the bus for. And uh, and then sometimes if you do ask your fellow um, passengers, they have no idea either. So there's a sort of quite an exciting, <laughs> quite a sort of thrill about, um, I remember that uh, um, when Steph and I, uh, Steph, my partner and I were um, traveling on an overnight bus um, in Patagonia a couple of years ago. Uh, we weren't really looking forward to the 12 hour journey with only the, I've got to say, um, very rudimentary and uh, not very well maintained uh, one toilet on the bus. Um, uh, and uh, so <laughs> when we stopped somewhere, which I think, what I don't know if it was a scheduled stop because I think the driver got off to buy himself a Coke, but we took the opportunity to rush off um, and uh, go to the servicios, but uh, nobody else on the bus got off and we found out why, because uh, when we came out of the servicios, the bus was just slowly rumbling along, although the bus driver <laughs> had left the door open and was laughing and shouting at us <laughs> and, and the uh, everybody else laughed at the gringos as they leapt on uh, or tried to leap on to the moving bus <laughs> so so you were the in bus entertainment i'm delighted to hear that we were i'm um, glad we were the in bus because we were very nearly the uh, off bus entertainment Hmm. Um, well, look, I was in October. I was uh, I took a fantastic bus journey, actually, by daylight 
um, from Igumenitsa um, up near the Albanian border in Greece, all the way down to Corinth. A fantastic trip, which I would heartily recommend, goes through spectacular scenery. Um, and I could not have had more fun with anybody than the, the, the with the driver, who was, you know, everyone else on board was Greek. I clearly wasn't. And he would just stop the bus and say right you have got 13 minutes here and the bar's over there and I managed to have about three or four very decent beers while he was having his smoke or whatever he was doing other people were going to the loo Um, and and it was a really civilized way to do it and he would just kind of look at me and raise an eyebrow and I'd know I had to finish my drink and off I would go so I much prefer buses where you can kind of get off and wander around and it will be in this tiny little town that you're never ever going to go to again mm. and um i i thoroughly enjoy that that part of the um uh, the bus experience something you don't really get on trains of course because they are you're not connected with the driver on a train that's true usually and, and, unless you pull that <laughs> that handle or cord and then you don't want to be really do you um I, I, but but I, you were saying that it wasn't particularly interesting countryside that you went through. I mean, it was pitch black, wasn't it? Would it have been better if it had been daylight? Uh, yes, but but the thing is, Mick, it gives you a completely different view of the country, obviously, and your 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 um, whole kind of field of vision, um, such as it is, is taken up with. Um, the faint glare of various different lights. So you get almost into a rhythm of it. Oh, right. So there, there's a sort of deep, deep green. That's um, that's BP, petrol station. Oh, look, I love this this purple, really quite um, uh, subdued. That's, uh, that's Premier Inn. Big red and blue letters, Tesco, of course. And you realise that actually so much of this is the same. And then... Uh, what I've really noticed on this kind of corridor, which you take all the way from Wolverhampton down through Dudley, right around the horrible ring road in Birmingham, and then across to Birmingham Airport and out to Coventry, you realise that actually this is the British home of the motor car and everything is designed on a motor car scale. So you 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 are just driving along these very broad avenues broad wide avenues probably put there in the 1920s or 30s and and it it's almost going back a a, a few generations and uh, oddly when you get into london and you do a fair amount of driving through kind of suburban london everything's much smaller much more crowded together and it it actually felt good being able just to look and think, okay, well, um, this is this is a part of the country because most of the time I've been, um, you know, just how far can I walk from my front door today? Right. I mean, in a way, uh, the way you describe it, it reminded me of uh, um, another Simon Paul of that ilk ah. and his song America. Do you remember the uh, of course um, uh, the, the wow. Greyhound bus uh, from sort of I can't remember it's a pretty well all the way across America oh, up through America. Uh, well, it, it, it is the ultimate um, uh, uh, journey song in, um, in, in popular American uh, songwriting history, I would say. Of course, it was technically Simon and Garfunkel, um, I think on bookends, who, who knows. Um, but 
it was, it was so much of the kind of 1960s. Uh, here we are. Kathy, I said, as we boarded a greyhound in Pittsburgh, Michigan seems like a dream to me now. Uh, then, then it goes on to these games that they're they're playing on board the bus, and of course, this must have been the sixties rather than the seventies uh, uh, because they're smoking all their cigarettes and indeed counting the cars on the New Jersey Turnpike. So um, beautiful. It's a, yes, it's a very nice song, and I, I think maybe we could do a version of it which we apply to your journey. I've just thought <laughs> of one line, which is Birmingham seems like a dream to me now. Um, <laughs> Yes. Rather than uh, Michigan. Uh, <laughs> it was a kind of slightly trance-like journey. So what happens to you now, Dave? Uh, we have a break here. And then we go back as the 10 o'clock 5.40 service. Okay. Right. Oh. Uh, which is more direct. <laughs> How was it? Your first, first um, yeah, real good. passengers quite, for some time. Good, yeah, so Everybody was pleasant, all the persons were pleasant, no problems, yeah. Good, yeah. well thank you very much indeed for getting me here all safely and um, professionally, absolutely terrific to uh, travel with you, yeah. look forward to the next one, thank you very much indeed. Now I've been on many overnight journeys in my time but they're usually characterised by waking up somewhere really new and exciting and my night of adventure has reached the end of the road at Victoria Coach Station, a distinctly unpalatial location on Buckingham Palace Road. Now, ahead of me though, there's a new day, a new week, and even, after months of constraints, a new way of life. Well, let's look forward in an optimistic way uh, to summer holidays anyway, uh, most of which will be taken in this country uh, I think and and Mick who you heard from earlier has has a couple of very good recommendations for places to visit. Uh, over the summer spent quite a bit of time going around England, um, Northumberland, Hadrian's Wall, uh, Dunsterbrook Castle, all that area uh, and also down south the Oil of Purbeck, beautiful spot and the far west of Cornwall, the Tin Moining Coast, Botalac Mine, uh, Senan Cove, all that round to Land's End, beautiful coastline, absolutely stunning. Really, really recommend it. I adore both Dorset and Northumberland. Whether I will adore them this summer, I do not know, because I imagine that uh, even the simplest B&B or caravan site is going to be charging an awful lot and being very, very full and good luck to them. Last year, I managed to find fantastically good places to stay in city centres for a ridiculous £25 a night in both Leeds and in Cardiff. So uh, I guess that was trips that were, despite everything. Um, we're very interested for next week's podcast in hearing about your trips that never were. So please get in touch with us on Twitter at you should have BT. If you want to leave us an audio message, as Mick did, then very simply go to anchor.fm forward slash you should have been there. Well, until next week, from uh, me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder, back from my busman's holiday. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.